Welcome to the Everyday Ironman podcast, where we talk to real athletes just like you and me that are working to complete an incredible goal. My name is Mike Bosch, and I'm excited to have with me today Ironman in Training and co-author of the book, The Money Funnel System, Jaime Ferraris. Jaime, welcome to the show. Thanks, Mike. Thank you so much for having me on. And I got to say that I feel, based on all the previous guests that you've had, I feel very... um, not worthy of being on here, but I'm excited nonetheless. Well, you're definitely worthy, but I would, I, I do have to agree. You are in a, an elite group now. I have been very fortunate to have some really incredible guests on the show, and you are now in that group, buddy. I so appreciate definitely, that. So uh, definitely be proud of that fact. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, and and so I'm excited to talk to you uh, today. I know that you uh, you are somebody that I have been communicating with a little bit through email, and you mm-hmm. seem like you've got a lot of passion both for Ironman and for your family. You seem to be very strong in your faith, and you also be- uh, have a strong belief that your book is something that can help just about anybody. And we're definitely going to talk about we're going to talk about the training and the book and all that stuff. But Jaime, as you know, as a listener, mm-hmm. also you're a guest now, but you were a listener first because that's how it works. Yes. Um, you're, you're familiar with the show format. We don't get uh, started too far without getting uh, some backstory into who our guest is. So you know the drill. Can you give us a little bit of your background um, as far as what your what your situation is now, and really, we're looking for like a time commitment. So, are you married? Do you have kids? Do you work full time? Mm-hmm. And then, um, would you consider yourself to be an athletic person? Sure, sure. Like I said, thank you so much for having me on. Yes, uh, my name's Jaime Farias. I'm 41 years old, and uh, I have been married to my wife Christina for we got married in 2009. So. We're coming in on 13, 14 years of marriage. Um, nice. And uh, I have, we have four kids. Four? Four kids, and they're all 10 and under. So my oldest oh my goodness. is 10 years old. My second is eight. My third is six. And the fourth is four. So if you want to talk about time constraints, I have a yeah. lot of time constraints. A lot. And so, uh, but I wouldn't train my kids for the world. And I try my best to do uh, as much training as I can. And it's, uh, it can be very challenging to say the least, but, uh, but yeah, uh, so that's that. So, and I do work full time. The book is something that we put out there that we kind of uh, teach on the side as far as we teach classes at our church and things of that sort. So the book is definitely something that's out there, but it's not, it's definitely not, uh, you know, doesn't support the family or anything like that. I do have a full-time yeah. job. I do project management for a construction company locally here, heavy highway construction. Uh, mm-hmm. So I do that and, um, you know, family that, and then of course the book on the side as well. Uh, now, whether uh, I've been an athlete pretty much my whole life, I would say uh, that I've never been really excellent at anything. I've always, mm-hmm. I grew up swimming. So of the three disciplines, the swim, bike, run, I, I would say swimming's my first, uh, like my best sport, you could say. Uh, I used to be a lifeguard. Uh, and so growing up, swimming was, was always easy to me. Um, but uh, like as far as high school, you know, I was on, I played basketball and football, but I definitely wasn't a starter and I definitely wasn't on the A team. So 
I was there. Uh, and so, uh, but yeah, that, that's, uh, that's pretty much it. So I would consider myself, uh, not unathletic, but not super athletic. I would be somewhere in the middle. Like I, I, I can hang, I can hang. Gotcha. I gotta say, um, as I always prepare for my podcast, I always have like a little bit of an outline, but normally what'll happen is, is conversation starts and, uh, we'll, we'll go a little bit of a different direction. And we're going to take that turn right now for a second, mm-hmm. because you, you said something in your introduction backstory that I did not know. And that is, you said you are a project manager for a road construction company. Is that what you said? Correct. So heavy highway construction, so big roads, big Okay, big so so why does it take so long for the roads to be finished? I mean, cuz I I got to say, I live in a small town. I live in mm-hmm. a small town, and being a triathlete, I measure everything in 1.2 miles, 56 miles, and 13.1 miles. Right. Almost almost all the time I'll, mm-hmm. I'll be driving down the road and the next exit is 1.2 miles. And I'll be like, okay, that's how long the swim is. I know exactly how long that is. Right. So my house is exactly 1.2 miles from the, the intersection of my town. Okay. And for t- it took the, the road construction company two years to redo that one. Now they did replace a bridge, but I am, I have my PMP. I am a I am a certified project manager, 100%. and I told my kids constantly, I could have had that road done. I'm I believe that I'm qualified enough to have run that project because I run projects for a living. Yeah, and I could. Have, so why does it take so long? Well, a lot of people think uh, it's it's you know sometimes there's a lot of things going on in a project that the the traveling public doesn't see. In particular, some things I've experienced in the past, existing utilities. Things of that sort can really hold up a job. And so um, yeah. sometimes, and the, the traveling public doesn't see that. Uh, I know if we've had several projects where, you know, you know, different companies, and I won't call them out, uh, but different companies ha- have lines in the way that they're supposed to move out of the way and they don't. And so it inhibits the contractor. I've had, a, I've had some projects where there's existing lines in the way and they said, oh, we'll move the lines, but we're going to leave the old ones there. And in meetings, I've said before, well, Imagine if you're cutting your grass with a bunch of string in it, right? I mean, it's going to slow down mm-hmm. the process. You need to get those old lines out of the way. So sometimes uh, it's really the way I look at it is three steps back equals two steps forward. Uh, the one, the residents that complain that the project is uh, is inhibiting their their path, we don't get a we don't get a thank you letter when the project is done. So, um, but mm-hmm. it does take a little maneuvering traffic and doing this and doing that. But at the end of the day, that road, I'm doing a, a project right now where it's two lanes in each direction and we're making it three in each direction. And so that's a two-year project. It's a big project. Uh, man, it's probably more yeah. like two, two and a half years. It does take a while, but I don't know. Uh, a 1.2-mile road project taking two years, that seems a little suspic- suspicious to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because a lot, a lot, the majority of the time there was nobody there working, uh, you know. And I and I get it's all project management is all about coordination, but it's all. But they also should have foreseen well in advance that they needed the the text dot to come out and hook up the. We waited for three months for them to come out and hook up the red lights, mm. and you know I get it, but so. You know, plan ahead. That's yeah, what oh, I'm yeah. saying. No. Plan yeah. ahead. And I'm a planner. I try right. my best anyway. to to plan things as quickly as possible. But 
the, the complaints come regardless. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sounds like I'm one of those yeah. complainers. So no, I apologize. That's all right. Okay. So let's, let's, let, let's get into your, let's get into your tri yeah. triathlon. So, um, let's catch this up really quick. Uh, you are a swimmer, uh, mm -hmm. by nature. You grew up, uh, a, a, a division one world-class swimmer. We <laughs> talked about that. Uh, see how, yeah. see how I upgraded you. Um, and how did you transition into triathlon? Well, about nine years ago, my son, uh, my 10 year old son right now was about nine. When I did my first triathlon, it was a, the Aggie triathlon. It was a small sprint triathlon. And I figured I would put all three of them together. I had done marathons. And the first time I did a marathon was, uh, I think I was 19 years old. I did the Houston marathon and, uh, oh, wow. I did a really bad thing. I, uh, I was, I did not, I signed up for the race the day before the race. Okay. And I didn't even train mm -hmm. for it. So that was mistake. Number one, mistake. Number two is I went and bought new shoes the day before the race. That's another mistake. Don't do that. Yeah. And that. I was the last one to finish. I was like at eight, I think the the, the cutoff was eight hours and I was pretty much the mm -hmm. last one. And so I've done some really dumb things in my life, including not doing, trying a marathon without training for it. And so mm -hmm. I've done marathons before, but I was like, you know what? I want to go to the next, I want to, I want to, since I'm good at swimming, I was like, well, I can ride my bike. So I started doing some yeah. sprints and then, uh, and I've probably done 10 or 15 small triathlons locally here and there, not really training for them. But okay. when I would show up to those races, I would see people with the dot tattoo and I'll mm -hmm. be like, man, I want to do one of those. I want to try it. Yeah. So I asked oh, some yeah. people like, Hey, you've done one of those before. And they're like, yeah, yeah, I've done one. I was like, man, that thing just seems like unattainable. Like, I don't know if I could do that. And so it's always been something in my mind that I've, that I've always wanted to try. And, uh, and so, yeah, so in, in, uh, in 2020 or 2021, uh, April of 2021 is when I did my first, uh, Galveston. I can, get it we can get into that story later on if you want me to do it now or we can get into it later but uh i was just slowly climbing that mountain and trying to get to a full iron man one day yeah so i think i think uh yeah well let's let's talk about galveston because i have uh i have a a, a particular um uh place in my heart for galveston for the iron man 70.3 texas because it was it wasn't my first um 70.3 but it was probably the one that um i'm the most familiar with because i did both that as a, as a uh, solo and then i did the swim i volunteered and all that stuff um but i do remember seeing the kind of the m dot tattoo for the first time and 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 first having those thoughts of how overwhelming a, a full Ironman distance was. So I completely uh, can can uh, relate to that experience there. But but talk us. Let's talk us through your uh, your uh, Galveston experience. Yeah. So uh, going into it, so it, it was in December of uh, of 2020, right in the middle of the pandemic. We were in Colorado, and I went to the Ironman website, and I decided, you know what, I want to start. I, I would go in there and look at different races here and there. And so, mm -hmm. uh, part of the story of the book is, is, is me losing my job at April 10th of 2015, I had lost my job. And so when I went to the Ironman website and I looked and I said, okay, when is the next Ironman race in Texas? Well, it was, uh, Galveston, April 11th of 2021. So I'm looking oh, wow. at my, in my laptop there in Colorado and I'm like, okay, well, shoot, that's like right, with the, right near the anniversary when I lost my job. Right. So I was like, well. It's a sign. So I signed up in Colorado 
not and I had been doing running and stuff like that, but I hadn't. I mean, I know how to swim. You throw me in the pool, I can, you know, I can, I can figure it out. And so I was like, well, I really need to run, uh, tra- do do some training for this thing. So, uh, but to be honest with you, I gave myself those four months, and I said, okay, it was January when we got back, and I said, okay, the race is in April. I'm gonna see what mm-hmm. I can do. And honestly, uh, I didn't even train for the bike. As crazy as it sounds. It's really oh, pretty crazy. Yeah. I just, I just did some swimming and I did my running and, uh, I signed up for the race and, and showed up over there and, uh, it was a challenge, man. I mean, I'm going, mm-hmm. I'm doing, I'm signed up for the, the, um, the Ironman coming up in, in, uh, Waco in what, like six weeks. And I'm going mm-hmm. into this one way more prepared, but for that, for that one, I kind of, to be honest, I kind of winged it and don't do that. <laughs> don't do yeah, that. Don't do so, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause there for a second yeah. uh, because we didn't establish that you live in Texas, yes. same as I do. Yes. But where in Texas do you live? So I live in McAllen, Texas, South Texas. You can't get any further south until you go straight into Mexico. So I'm right okay, on so the you're... border of the Rio Grande. And so, uh, okay. yeah. How, how far from uh, the ocean are you? Are you, because Texas kind of comes down to almost like a mm-hmm. point uh, at the bottom. I'm how about an hour from, from the, South Padre Island. I'm about an okay, hour so from South Padre. Yeah. Okay. So you are, in fact, as close to the bottom of Texas as you can get. You can't get any farther. Yeah. <laughs> and so you did. You did. Uh, you did Galveston in 2021. Correct. Right? Correct. Uh, I had to. I literally had to look at the calendar to confirm that we're in 2022. I'm so right. embarrassed by that. No, that's uh, all right. Glance at the calendar. It's been yeah, one of April those days. 11th of 2021 was the race date. That's the one that I did. Gotcha. And so you, um, and so now Waco is your next race after that. Waco is my next race. So that's October sixteenth, twenty twenty two. That's coming up in crunch time, man. Six weeks away. Yeah. And how are you? So you said you're going into this race better prepared. Yes. How are you? How are you feeling? Uh, what what area? So you have six weeks to go. What is your focus? Like what area you're like, I still need to get a little bit more comfortable here. So definitely I've been spending a lot of time, more time on the bike. I've been doing longer bike rides. I've been, the last bike okay. ride I did was last weekend on a Saturday when I went out, did 40 mile bike ride, took me two hours and 22 mm-hmm. minutes. Uh, so okay. I'm working on that and uh, I've been doing my weight training as well. I, I have been throwing in weights for the first time in my life since January. Uh, and so to date, and I have my numbers here to date, I have swam since January of 2022. I have swam 62,875 meters. Ooh, that's a lot. I have run, I biked 495 miles. I have ran 321.85, including my race today. And I have spent 106 hours in the gym doing weight training. And so, oh yeah, you're, you're, yes. And so, if you add up all those miles, that is 856 miles, not including my weight training, of swim, mm-hmm. bike, and run. And so, to say that I'm going into this one way more prepared is an understatement because yeah. the last one I did not do hardly nearly as much as I'm doing now. Yeah. So, I feel good. Okay. So let me ask you a couple of questions because Waco sure. is also a course that I have raced. Mm-hmm. So I have some familiarity with it. Um, it is a, it is a river swim. 
Correct. So let's first establish Waco is hosting both the full distance and the 70.3 on the same weekend, six weeks from now. This particular year, you're doing the 70.3. Correct. Okay. So it will be a quote unquote down river swim, whereas the full distance, you actually swim up river a, right. period, a little bit and then you and make then a turn down. and then you come mm-hmm. back down. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think it's, we're recording uh, September 1st. This episode will release uh, next Friday. Uh, two days later, I believe, I'd have to look at the math, the city of Waco is hosting the Beast of the Brazos. Are you doing Beast of the Brazos? I am not. I am not. Uh, Unfortunately, I would love to go up there, but it's an eight-hour drive from where I'm at, so uh, Mm. I'm going to have to hold off. (laughs) Okay, okay. Understandably, because Mm -hmm. that if you had been close enough, I was close enough when I did it last year, so I did make the drive down. And it was a great reconnaissance experience, sure, uh, sure. swimming the actual course in advance. Okay, that would be so great. on your uh, the rest of it, I think is pretty straightforward. The transition is set up uh, really well. Um, when you did Galveston in mm-hmm. 2021, did they assign bib numbers in advance? Do you know? Uh, when I went and picked up my race packet, is the first time that I saw my bib number. Uh, okay. but I don't know. I don't remember seeing my bib number before. If that's okay. What you're did asking. you, did your, did your bib, uh, have your name on it or just your number? Uh, just my number. Okay. Okay. So they, and I only know this from being a volunteer, but they issue the bibs most recently in the order that they hand them out. So they just have them all lined up oh. and they just give you the next one, right? So the all world athletes get the first, they, uh, they reserve the first 200. And the reason that's important is that's where your position relative to bike in and bike out are. Correct. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. So you want a low, the lowest number you can possibly get. Yeah. Which means when you go to sign up for athlete check-in, you need to check in as early as, as possible. As early as possible, yeah. Yeah, because you don't want to have to bring your bike in and out any farther than you have to, obviously. I didn't know that, and I learned that through experience, and so I'm just passing that. No, I appreciate that. that, and along. I remember the Galveston one when I went and picked up my race packet. I'm like, man, by the time I went to the swag tent, a lot of the swag was already gone. And so yeah. not only checking in to get a low bib number, but some swag that you want to get, like the shirt that I wanted, there was a different shirt that I'm wearing my Ironman 70.3 Texas shirt. I yeah, wanted a I like different that. one, but by the time I got there, the one that I wanted was already sold out. So yeah, I'm going to take that, yeah. in, take that in a, like advice. <clears throat> yeah. And if you wear, so I wear a medium shirt and same thing in Galveston, all the mediums were gone. And so I ended up with a small, which fits me, but it's a little tighter than my wife likes me to wear, but, um, but, but, but the difference is in Chattanooga, I would have been better off with a high number. Oh, wow. Okay. Because of the way, because of the way the transition was set up. So for memory, look, look at the, look at the map and you should be able to see bike in, bike out. And you want to get a number that's as close to bike in, bike out as possible. So you have to kind of figure out how the sequence are. So to kind of do a little, do a little scoping of it out. Yeah. Would be my, yeah, it would be my recommendation because if I was to do it all over again, knowing what I know now, I would have waited to check in in Chattanooga and, and got as high in, a number as possible. 
Gotcha. And then I would have been closer to bike in and bike out. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, it is what it is. Um, cool. Okay. So you're, you're feeling good. You're six weeks away. Now we were, we were talking uh, for a few minutes um, before the podcast that um, those are those uh, listeners that are paying super attention to the, the arc of the show know that I did Ironman 70.3 last year in Waco and I met Nathan Jones who um, gave me my uh, finisher medal, came on as a guest, and then actually raced Ironman 70.3 Texas in Galveston uh, earlier this year, and I was able to give him his finisher medal. And you shared with me that you actually know Nathan. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. So I started going back and listening when when I learned about your podcast from my, from my buddy Bryce. He's like, man, you need to listen to this podcast and the first time I listened to your podcast, I was listening to some of your guests. And uh, it's just so encouraging listening to other athletes who are like me, you know, married with kids and full-time commitments. And, you know, I get very intimidated by by people who, uh, you know, who are very good athletes and, they, you know, the professionals. And I'm like, I feel like this small when I'm around people like that. And so... I really like love listening to other people that are just like me who struggle and try my best to do things here and there and, uh, and have uh, lots of uh, family commitments and things of that sort. But so I started listening to your podcast and yeah. going back and then I started listening and I'm like, Oh, let me listen to episode 17, which is the, um, the 70.3 Waco recap. And I'm like, since I'm got Waco coming up, well, let me listen to this one. And then you start talking about how you're in the tent. You're looking at a bike and you meet a guy named Nathan. And I'm listening to the podcast. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And then you start listening. And then you start saying, yeah, like Nathan had just moved up there and he was a pastor. And then I'm thinking, wait a minute. I know a Nathan who was a pastor that just moved to Waco. Okay, so this day I'm just listening. And then it turns out I text Nathan. I'm like, wait a minute, Nathan, is this you? And he's like, yeah, I think I, that's me. And I sent him a picture of the podcast and it was just such a small world. We, he's from yeah. he's here in McAllen, go to the same church and uh, beachy church here in McAllen. And, uh, and he just moved up there and uh, it was, it was crazy. Such a small world, such a small yeah, world. It, it really is. I mean, it's a lot, obviously it's a big world, but a small world at the same time. And it's funny how there's so many connections that you discover once you start paying attention to certain things. And did I, uh, did I hear you say that he was a guest? Yeah, he actually came on uh, as a guest and we talked about his experience as a volunteer. Uh, what I, I don't, episode? I wish I knew. I, w I knew you were going to ask me that question and I'll have to look it up for you. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know the number off the top of my head, but yeah, he, uh, he came on and shared his experience as a volunteer because he volunteered uh, both days. He volunteered for the full on Saturday and then he volunteered for the, uh, the 70.3 on Sunday, of course, gave me my medal and he shared with me, that uh, a similar sentiment, and I think even Jenna Russell, who was a guest on uh, several months back, said the same thing, that the the atmosphere and the energy at the Ironman race is so electric mm -hmm. that if you're even thinking about doing something, that'll push you over the edge. Like you oh, can't. Sure. It's just so, uh, it's just it's something about it. And so he uh, he definitely was something he was interested in. 
And, um, and so he, he did it. And so he did uh, 70.3 uh, Texas in April of this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was there to meet him at the finish line with his medal and just an awesome guy. I actually texted him uh, earlier this week because I was just thinking about him. I hadn't talked to him in a while and just yeah, a he's super, a, super nice guy. He's a really amazing guy. And I always tell people all the time, if you want to get encouragement and you want to see somebody cross the line, go to a marathon, don't cross the, the don't go at three, three hours, three and a half hours, go at seven. Go at seven and a half hours. Go at eight hours. Go look at the people crossing the line there. And then you ask yourself again, can I do this or not? And if you look at those people, man, I've seen, I've done five, six marathons. I've never been towards the top, but some of the people that I see in there, it's just, it's amazing. I mean, I've been passed by old ladies. Uh, I remember a guy, he must have been six, eight, six, nine doing a marathon. And you could see the pain and stuff like that so it's, it's just amazing so i love going to races and hanging out towards the back so my, i think my plan for the waco one is for the ironman since it's on saturday i'm gonna go yeah. and see the people crossing at 16 or 17 hours so i can get some encouragement for the sunday race because i know it doesn't start till 10 o'clock in the morning so i mean i could sleep late you know yeah, I, you know, it was so funny because as you were saying that, my first instinct was, that's a great plan, but you need to get some sleep. But then I, I remembered right before you said it that they actually started. Now, last year, they started at 1230, yes. which was probably a little later than they needed to start. Um, so I'd heard it was a 1030 start. So that'll give you plenty of time. Plenty you, won't of time. Be rushed in the, you won't be rushed in the morning. You can sleep in. The parking in Waco is is great. Uh, yeah. there's plenty of parking. There's plenty to do. The city's gorgeous. The, the, um, uh, the people there are fantastic. I had a couple of the athletes for team Waco on yeah, a couple weeks I heard back. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing them. So I, I haven't, I haven't, uh, announced it yet, but I'm just, I was, I was saying that I was just thinking about it. I will have announced it by the time your episode airs. I'm not doing the relay Oh, you're uh, this not? year. Oh, no, okay. we had uh, we had something come up, and um, we just determined that as a team we couldn't make it work. But I am still committed to going to Waco uh, oh, to see to see the event. Uh, I will probably serve as a volunteer um, just so that I can get that all access pass of that uh, volunteer shirt. Because once yeah. you get that shirt, man, you can go anywhere and you can oh, do yeah. anything, which is super cool. Uh, so I'll probably, uh, see if I can work my way up to the finish line and hand out some medals at some point. Uh, so yeah. Be, maybe maybe you pretty- can put my medal on me. That would be great. You or Nathan, hey, I mean, maybe you hold yeah. one side of the medal and then Nathan can hold the other and you guys can, yeah. you know, that'd be really cool. Yeah. I hope Nathan's there. Yeah. I can reach out to him. I'm hoping that's funny. Yeah. We'll have, we'll have to, we'll have to try that. That'd be funny. Um, okay. So let's, um, Let's transition uh, into your book. Okay. Right? So you wrote a book. You wrote a book. And um, being the the responsible journalist that I am, mm-hmm. because I've upgraded myself to a journalist uh, a couple sure. a couple of weeks back, uh, I read your book. You you submit you sent me a PDF version of your book, mm-hmm. uh, and I read it. Um, it is called the Money Funnel System. Correct. Okay. And we, uh, we obviously, we want to, uh, just like you did in your book, we want to, we want to make sure that everybody's clear on this podcast is we are not financial advisors, right? Correct. Right. We're not, we're not certified financial advisors. Correct. This book, this book is not intended to make you a rich person or to quote unquote, get you out of debt. 
Correct. Right? Yes. This book, and you correct me, uh, is designed to help a person properly manage the money they currently make. Correct. So basically, and we get it all the time. I'm a huge fan of Dave Ramsey and things of that sort, but it kind of goes back uh, probably seven or eight years. So um, I used to be a, a school teacher and, uh, and I was a school teacher for three years. I taught seventh grade math, eighth grade math and algebra one. And so does my wife. And then when we had our first kid, my wife came home and she's still home to this day. And so we went down to one income and that's very difficult mm -hmm. to do, especially a teacher's salary and you get one check a month, right? So you have to stretch that check out for the full month. And how do you do that? I mean, it's very difficult to do that, especially in the summertime, right? Cause you got all this mm -hmm. time off and you want to do all this cool stuff and yep. there's not enough money to do it. Right. So we used to, but we used to do that and we spent too much money. Right. So fast forward, uh, I go to the oil field and I go work in the oil field and I get laid off. I lose my job April 10th of 2015. And so when I lost my job, I was unable to provide for my family. And so I cut grass to provide for my family. I grew up cutting yards. I mean, to this yeah. day, I cut my own grass. I love it. Um, yeah. But I've been, I've just been doing cutting grass my whole life. And so I started cutting grass, right? And I told my wife, man, whenever we find a new, because I was out of work for four months. Okay. So I had two kids at that time. My wife was pregnant with our third, no job, no insurance, two mortgages mm. and no job. Right. Obviously. So I'm like, yeah. well, I mean, have you ever heard that, that, uh, that saying you can tell who's skinny dipping when the tide goes out? Well, <laughs> no, I've never heard that. <laughs> okay. Well, you can tell who's skinny dipping when the tide goes out. So when that paycheck stops, right? Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. by the grace of God, four, four months later, I found the job that I still have today. I have an engineering background. I went to Texas A&M University and I'm a civil engineer by, by, by a degree and I have my professional engineering license. Right. So I'm like, man, you know what? Okay. Let me see if I can find a job in engineering. So luckily I found my job. And then I told my wife, look, this is what we're going to do. I was on the side of the road and I came up with this system to run our, okay. our, our, organize our money and run our personal, our, our finances. And I told her in January 1st, 2016, I said, I want to attack the remaining balance of our mortgage because if I lose my job again, I want to pay electricity and water and I don't want to have to worry about a mortgage, right? Because of that scar, right? Of losing my job. So we attacked our mortgage and we paid our, the remaining balance of our mortgage off in one year by organizing our money better. And by the system that we came up with. So I told my wife, man, and we started running the system and we ran the system for three years before we wrote the book. So really the book was born. It wasn't like we said, okay, we want to write this book. What can we do as a side business? Oh, let's write a book and organize your finances, right? It was the other direction. It was already working so well for us that we decided we need to write and we have to share it with as many people as possible. And so we embarked on the journey of writing the book and, uh, and we released it about four years ago and, uh, okay. and it's been amazing since then. Wow. So reading the book, I, I related to so many aspects of it and, um, I've been very fortunate, knock on wood, I've never actually lost my job, but 
Um, we have we have gone through times where we were single income, two kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, can totally equate to the fact that when 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 you're not working, you're spending. So if you're not earning, sure. you're spending, right? Exactly. And so my wife, my wife now, and for the last ten years is a school teacher. She's been a school teacher and she still is. So I totally know, you know, it's, it's a, it's a job of love, not a job of money. Like she doesn't make a lot of money, but she loves it. Mm-hmm. And during the summer, uh, while she's not off all summer, like people believe, right. She's got workshops and this and that sure, sure. summer is the time where she tries to get in all of her fun stuff. And so I think, at one point, we would probably have the majority of our disagreements over money. And the majority of those disagreements, ironically, were not bicycle parts. They were food. Oh, yeah. Eating eating out mostly. And we did not do a great job of managing our money. I've been very I've been very fortunate in my life that I have I have always had a fairly well-paying job, mm-hmm. right? And and ironically, I actually looked up, because I am a responsible journalist, and I looked up to see uh, how much money the average person makes. So I didn't, it, I didn't, I go, I used Google, right? So I used the internet search. Sure. And have you, go, have you researched that recently? I was really I surprised not. at the I, number. I want to say it's in the 40 or $50,000 range. For, so for I did laugh. I, I did Lifetime. Okay. So according to a report by Zipia, which is a career information site, it says the average person, so it doesn't say average American, doesn't say average male, average. it just says the average person earns $2.7 million in their lifetime. In their lifetime, right? And when you think in about that, isn't that crazy? How much money passes through our hands? <clears throat> It is. And and so you're like, oh, there's no way that can't be possible. Right. But if you do the if you do the math on it and you and you say, OK, well, how long does a person how long does a person work? Right. Uh, we'll just say the, the average person starts at 20 and retires at 40 at 65, which is 65, probably yeah. conservative. Right. So that's right. Uh, 40. That's 45 uh, years. 45 years. Yeah, so that's a six a sixty thousand dollars average. Average, yeah, over, over that lifetime, right? So yeah. I don't think that's unrealistic, and to think that all that money goes through your hands. So it's not about making more money; it's about keeping more of the money that you make. Yeah, and 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 right? looking at it, and so our problem before, which is the reason why we implemented the system and came up with it, is because we used to have all our money in one bank. And when that check would come in, how many of us out there, and we used to do it as well, okay? How many of us out there get paid as as a school teacher? Because I was, like I said, it was taught for three years. When the check would come in on the 25th, how many of us want to pay our bills on the 26th or the 27th? Well, we want it paid right there because the money's there. And why did we do that? Why did I do that? Why did my wife and I do that? Because we don't want to give ourselves access to the money to spend it. We want the money gone before we can get our hands on it, right? And yeah. so that's what we used to do. And uh, and actually, when you're talking about money, I mean, you know what the number one cause of divorce in North America is? I'm the just going to be arguing over money. Money over fights money, and right? money problems. That's the number one yeah. cause of divorce. And yeah. 
you know what percentage of Americans live paycheck to paycheck? Do you know that statistic? I don't know what it is today, but when I wrote the book, it was 80%. So eight out of 10 wow. people are living paycheck to paycheck, right? And yeah. the problem with that is like for us, April 10th of 2015, I mean, I, ha I knew that it was coming, but I didn't know it was coming. I, I, it's kind of weird how you say that, but uh -huh. I knew it was coming, but I like, I didn't know when it was going to be, right? But when you get that call, when I got that call on a Friday and they said, don't come back to work on Monday, I mean, mm -hmm. it was from one day to the next, right? And so yeah. you don't know if that next check is coming in or not. So we have to be ready for that. And we... Luckily, and I'm not going to put it out there and uh, to the audience and listeners saying we weren't ready. We we're eating out of cans. No, we had money in the bank. I got a severance package. So we were able to survive for those four months. Right. But the problem was I didn't know when my where or when my next job would come. So eventually that money was going to run out. Right. And yeah. so I would love to dive into just quick little aspects of the book as we go into it. But, man, it's just been amazing for our family. And it's been so rewarding. And I know you have international listeners. We have sold books internationally, uh, which is really, yeah. really, really cool when we get the yeah. sales report. Well, 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 part of my uh, my financial plan is I, I just uh, – I, I find people who write books and I, I have them on as guests and they just give me a book and I don't have to pay for the book. And so I save that money. So I save oh, like sure. whatever, the, whatever the cost of the book is, I, I save that uh, this week. But I, I do will think be sending you a, a book, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. I do think there's a couple there's a couple of things about the 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 book that that I'd like to talk about and I think yes. it's I think it's partially because of the world that we live in and it, there's a lot of things that I love about the the age that we live in and the convenience and the online. But you reference in your book that one of the one of the opportunities to overcome is we don't balance our checkbooks anymore, right? right. I know how to balance a checkbook because it was a skill they actually taught us in high school. So I graduated from high school in 1989 and they taught us how to balance a checkbook. The problem is I don't use a checkbook anymore. Yeah, exactly. I don't use a checkbook, right? I have as many things set up. So I have direct deposit. So I don't actually receive a check every Friday morning. My, my money is deposited into my account mm -hmm. and I have as many of my bills as possible set up to auto draft, but I don't remember when they're coming out necessarily, right? I just know that they're going to, some of them come out automatically. Some of them I have to pay. Sure. And so there's times where I get a little confused over which ones I have to physically call and give and and pay yeah. uh, like uh, purposely or some of them are auto. And so you, there was something in your book about how you you couldn't never check your your account online and have complete confidence that that's exactly how much money that right. you had and that really resonated with me. Because at any given uh, point of the month, I can have $8,000 in my checking account or $800 in my checking account. Exactly. Like it could go either way. And so um, when you detailed your, your system, it made total sense to me. Right. Because when you look at your paycheck, and let's, let's, let's say you have a $5,000 monthly income. And when that check comes in and you have $5,000 in your account, well, the account looks great, right? It looks great because yeah. you just got paid. 
But what if $3,000 of that is for bills? So really, you only have $2,000 to spend after your bills are paid. So if you spend $2,500 of that money, then you've already blown through all your spending money and $500 of your money that's supposed to go towards your bills, right? So what we teach you in the book is we used to run our everything out of one account. Now we separate them in two separate banks. Now what we do is we pay our bills out of one bank and we spend out of another bank. And we have, and that's, and so you, you have a flawed visual perception of your account because when you look at it, it's not accurate because you can't spend every dollar in that account if you're running everything right. in one. But if you have only spending account in that one account at that one bank, technically that's the money that you can spend. And that's where the key is. That's the key because you have to fix that flawed visual perception. You have to. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally, I totally, uh, I get what you're saying. In fact, I, I told my wife last night, cause I actually finished your book yesterday. And, um, I told my wife, I kind of gave her the overview of it and I was like, okay, we got to go. We need to open, uh, two more, two more accounts. And so we actually, I, I don't, I don't completely operate out of one account today. So we have our main uh, our main account mm-hmm. where both of our both of our paychecks are deposited. Mm-hmm. I have a, a a bank account at the bank that holds our mortgage. Okay, uh, and I and I have every paycheck. I have one hundred and twenty five dollars deposited into that account on purpose, right? Okay, and I have to tell you, until until I told my wife about that account, I had eight thousand dollars in there. Like oh, that was yeah, it has was <laughs> Yeah, but once I once I told her about it, and she didn't spend the money necessarily. But once I told her about it, now it's all gone. Oh yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. And then we actually have, uh, I think, similar to you, we have two rental properties. Okay. And so er- earlier this year, we changed management companies, and so we opened a new account at a different bank. Just for the, the rental. For the rent. Yeah, because yeah. every year for the last two years. We've not acute, we've not set aside money for the the amount of income tax that we have to pay. Yeah, different because we're we have all this other income, and so we're, I'm like, you know, I'm not going through that again. We're just going to keep all the money over there, and then we won't be in this. So I so at, without knowing it, I kind of stumbled into a version of what you did, but I still feel like we need to do the full thing with separating our expenses our household expenses yeah and our spending money and separate that uh completely to avoid yeah. the roller coaster because it's embarrassing I, I just uh three four weeks ago i had text my wife i'm like hey don't use your debit card for a couple of days and of course she's like what's the matter i'm like no, no everything's fine but i you don't know when bills are gonna hit and yeah. i don't want to overdraft anything and so i'm like just calm down just you know use your Man, there's use, use, yeah, I know. We've been there. Trust me. And when that happens, we just transfer from our savings. That's what we did before. Yeah. And so there's so many aspects to the system that are ju- they just work so well. And I got to add this in there. Uh, when we wrote the book, uh, if any of the listeners out there have ever read the book, The Millionaire Next Door by William Danko, he's the co-author of that book, The Millionaire Next Door. He's a New York Times bestselling author. Uh, 
when we were writing the book, I wanted to get a forward from somebody. So I sent an email to CEOs of banks because guess what? If people are organized with their money, then they're going to pay their bills on time. Well, that's good for banks, right? So I was like, okay, well, maybe different banks, maybe a CEO from a big bank will want to write a forward. Uh, mortgage companies. Uh, if people pay the mortgage on time, that's good for the mortgage company as well. So it's it's in their best yeah. interest to get people's money organized. We sent books to Dave Ramsey and all of these people. Well, I got one reply and that was from William Denkel. And I was mm-hmm. like, how do you, and he talks, teaches investing. And we tell him and, and we're like, okay, how do you invest if you don't know how much money you can invest? Investing sounds yeah. great. We all want to retire millionaires. Well, how do we get there? How do we organize our money so we can get there? We need to take it back a step and organize our money first and then go attack that goal, whatever that goal is. And that's in the book. That's what we say. It's not a get out of debt book. If you're trying to save yeah. for a vacation or kids college or, or whatever, uh, you, the money funnel system can help you get there by organizing your money first. So we need to take it back a step. So he agreed. And so he wrote the forward for the book. And that was really cool. Yeah. Really, really cool because it gave our books kind of some, some legs to stand on. And we did not, um, go with a publishing company. We created our own publishing company. So we're not backed by a big public. I know one of your guests, probably I listened to one of your episodes about a month, month and a half ago and went on a, on a book, I was going on a book tour. And I don't remember mm-hmm. what her, she was the one that, that did those the endurance, long yeah. endurance race. Hillary, yeah. Hillary, Hillary Topper. Yeah. Yeah. Hillary Topper. There you go. And, uh, and I was listening to that. I'm like, man, she's going on a book tour. I'm like, call my wife. Man. We just go to a couple of our local Barnes and Nobles and sit there and sign some books and, Sometimes nobody shows up. Sometimes there's 10 people there. Most of the time it's our friends and family that already bought a book and they just do us a favor by showing up over there. And so it would be really cool to maybe get the word out there. Maybe somebody out there, uh, you know, would want us to teach a class somewhere. That'd be really cool. But uh, we just want to put the word out there. Yeah, I would, I would, I would say the, the, uh, the principles that you teach in your book Mm -hmm. are, um, they, they, you, you do a very good job of laying it out. There's several, uh, examples. Uh, so you, you, you definitely talk about the fact that everybody's situation is a little bit different, right? So it's not a one size fits all, but, but it, you know, it may need to be tweaked a little bit here, a little bit there. So I, I I like the fact that you gave a couple of different examples that could be applicable to somebody's situation. So, you know, you gave the, I think there was an example of, of self in, you know, what if you're self, what if you're, uh, self-employed right. and you have this, or what if you're that? And so I, I really like that. I think it's, it's something that, uh, doesn't sound super complicated to follow. Right. Uh, obviously based on the strategy, there is, it's going to be easier for some than others to immediately start. Sure. But I think there was somewhere in the book where you were like, okay, well, maybe, maybe you can't fully implement it today, but if you start planning for it a year, you know, you can get there in six months because guess what? If you don't plan for it today, six months is still going to happen and you're going to get to six months and you'll be like, well, if I'd have started six months ago, right. I'd be there today. And so I, I, I definitely believe in, in that. And so, um, and some people, yeah, if- some people on that, like, yes, I, and one thing for the listeners that haven't read the book and once you read the book, you'll, you'll, you'll get there, but we're teaching people to front load your account with one month of bills. And for a lot of people, that's obviously very difficult. My mother-in-law uh, is starting up her system. And my mother-in-law is a custodian. 
And so, and my father-in-law is retired and, and he was, and she cleans houses and he was a custodian. So they, they, they don't, they don't bring in a lot of income. Right. So for them to start their system, it's going to take some time, right. For them, but they're working at it. Uh, but some people might have money already lying around where they can start it. And some people might get a tax return or maybe they'll get a Christmas bonus, or maybe they'll get a little side hustle or a little side job. And so, like you said, it's all about being proactive, being intentional, and being patient. It's going to take time for some people to get there, but once it's running, trust me, and and it's it it really it really can do wonders for your personal finances just by organizing it. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, it's really yeah. Amazing. I have I have historically not been a great uh, manager of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I actually. I told the story at work. I was I was pretty excited after finishing your book yesterday, and so I shared. Uh, I, I probably should have encouraged the the my teammates at work to buy your book, but instead I just told them about the book. So I, I don't know if that's good or bad. Yeah. Anyway, I was sharing I was sharing them the money funnel system, and so we got to talking, and I and I was very clear. Hey, this is not a get out of debt book. This is a how to manage your own money book. And they're like, Well, how do you get out of debt? And I was like, Well, I've done that too. So I could tell you how that I could tell you how yeah. that works. Yeah. Um, we were we had fifty thousand dollars worth of credit card debt wow. at one point. And um I did not know what to do. And a, a, a guy that I work with, he had followed the Dave Ramsey's model. Right. And he said, If you'll listen to me, I'll tell you how to do it. And I was like, dude, I don't know what to do, so you tell me what to do. And he did. He he's like he, he go home, write down all the all your bills, bring them in, and I'll tell you exactly how to. And it did. It took it took time. It took a couple of years, but we did it. We got out of we got out of yeah. credit card debt, and I don't yeah. have any credit card bills. And so I think just like just like you're talking about front loading your front loading your your bills is going sometimes it's going to take time. Sure, but it, if it's important enough, you'll yeah. you'll take the time to do it, and you'll and you'll if you start today you'll be surprised where you're going to be in a year. Yeah. And, and I, I look forward to reporting in six months from now yeah. on the podcast and letting everybody know, Hey, I followed the system. Yeah. Right? I followed Jaime's system. And now I don't have to worry about checking my credit, my, uh, save it, my checking account balance every yeah. other day. And I don't have to tell my wife not to use her debit card. Yeah, and, exactly. And, and so I look forward to that day. Whatever that goal is for your household, you know, Mike, you have your, your goals. Uh, the listeners out there are going to have their goals, whatever goal that is. And, you know, yeah. the money funnel system can help you get there because when you organize your money, then you can know, okay, this is how much money is left over. This is what I can attack our goal. For us, that was attacking our mortgage and paying it off. For others, it might be getting out of credit card debt or whatever the whatever it is, whatever it may be. And when I was listening to Dave Ramsey and I was like, okay, all this sounds awesome, okay? But... How do you budget with four kids? I mean, ask yeah. yourself that question. How, how do you do that? I mean, somebody's got the sniffles. Somebody needs a pair of shoes. My kids are growing all of the time. But yeah. when we were attacking our mortgage, we literally that year didn't do anything. But my kids were small. So we're like, guess what, kiddos? We're staying home and we're going to watch a movie and we're going to make popcorn. Yay. And they were all excited, right? They didn't know. Yeah. They, they're like, right. Dad, can we get a Chick-fil-A sandwich? Sure, we can get a Chick-fil-A sandwich. So we went to Chick-fil-A. We got the chicken sandwich. And because it was really thick, 
we cut the we cut it in half and bought an extra bun for fifteen cents and made two sandwiches for three uh, three dollars. Ah, look at you! Oh yeah, we got we got I got all sorts of little tricks, Mike. I got all sorts of little tricks. We, bought, <laughs> we, we we do it to this day sometimes when we're when money's tight or we don't have much spending. We're like, okay, we're gonna go get some Chick Fil A nuggets. We'll get a thirty count nugget and buy six buns, and we're gonna make six sandwiches out of thirty account nugget. And the kids complain wow. because the nuggets, the nuggets fall out of the sandwich. <laughs> hey, uh, you know, hey, y'all wanted Chick Fil A? Well, you got it. This is the most economical way for us to do it. So, I mean, we're yes. like I said, we're a one-income household. So sometimes we have to be a little tricky. Sometimes we have to yeah. say no, and that's okay. And you know, triathlons and Ironmans are all about discipline. You have to be disciplined yep. in your training. Uh, but uh, there's also, you know, you got the swimming discipline, the biking discipline, the running discipline, right? Mm-hmm. And then we have the nutrition discipline, yeah, the weight training discipline for me. But the sixth discipline is the financial discipline. You have to be financial because let's let's talk about that for a second. Yeah, triathlons are a very expensive sport, right? Yes, they now, are. If I get that paycheck. And I got, and I hear, and I and I buy used bikes on Craigslist. I mean, I do what I can do, right? But if I got that paycheck on the twenty fifth, and I went out and I spent a thousand dollars on a new bike, which I would love to do, or two thousand, or even three thousand new bike, right? But then I took that money away from my household, and I'm not able to pay my mortgage. Well, my wife is going to make me sleep outside. I mean, she's going to be like, "What are you doing?" Right? Yeah, so yeah. I have to. We have to, as a family, stay within the limits of our financial reality. And our financial reality is I don't have a coach because I can't afford it. Uh, I buy used bikes. I have a Cervelo P2, and I know we'll talk about that. I, d- I did upgrade mm-hmm. my bike from the, from the Galveston one. Uh, but for me to support my hobby, I have a side business aside from the book. And I have to, I would have to do a whole nother podcast with you on how I run that side business. It's an eBay business. It's an eBay site. I buy and sell stuff on eBay. I go to big box stores and I mm-hmm. follow the trends of sales and I buy things and I sell them and I do that. And that's how I'm able to support my hobby. So really I don't take any house. I don't take any money away from the household to mm-hmm. support my hobby. And if I have to do that, then I can't, I can't, I can't do it. I can't, uh, I mean, I could, if I wanted to, I'd have to, you know, beg my wife, like, babe, I really, really want to buy this (laughs) new pair of shoes, but like, you know, she'll be like, okay, my wife's wonderful. Uh, She, she doesn't do that, but I I really, uh, and there's a financial discipline to it as well that, that, uh, that, that's why I reached out to you because I'm like, man, we really need to talk about the financial discipline because absolutely it is. There's there's a big aspect to that yeah there's you touched on so many things right there obviously being disciplined being disciplined you know in your training and your racing sticking to your plan managing your money uh you know being honest with your partner all the things that i've not done uh jaime to be honest (laughs) with you is really recommended um but i have i have uh i have shared on the podcast before i am a notorious cheapskate uh everything i i with the exception of uh, triathlon shorts because that's where I draw the line. Yeah, everything I've heard I, everything you. else I've heard is, you. <laughs> yeah, everything else is used. Uh, it's all fair game. Oh yeah. Um, 
but yeah, so I, I do, I appreciate you. I appreciate you coming on and, 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 uh, you know, sharing just a little bit of an insight, uh, into the book. I mean, obviously the book goes into really good detail. And so we would highly encourage, uh, the listener to, you know, to buy the book, read the book, uh, sure. figure out what they can use to apply to their situation. Yeah. And what we tell people on that, like figure out how you're running your finances now, read the book, and then maybe you can make some changes or maybe you're doing what you're doing is working for you. And that's great. You know, so like figure out how you're running your finances now, read the book and then reassess. And then maybe you can make yeah. some changes. Yeah, for that. sure. Cool. Yeah, for for sure, for sure. Um, but you said you said you had a you had a P two. Yeah. So you had a, when you had a Cervelo P two. Yeah. So when I did the Galveston race, I did it on a specialized Alez Elite, and okay. in the middle of the race, my seat fell. So I was riding right. like this for about ten miles, and I didn't want to stop, and because the wind was at my back, so I'm like, man, the first twenty uh, twenty six miles or twenty eight miles. Uh, where uh, where the, the wind was at our back, right? So all of yeah. a sudden in the race, it just fell. And so when I got to the, the halfway point to make the turn, that's when the wind was right in my face. So I stopped and I fixed my bike. And like I told you, I, I got through it somehow. It took me four hours to do the Galveston uh, bike. bike uh, my bike time was four hours. And so mm -hmm. I realized, and I also had an Apple Watch. My Apple Watch died in the middle of the, of the, of the race. So I'm like, mm -hmm. man, I was, I was not prepared for this thing like at all, but I, I finished <laughs> and I finished in seven hours and 34 minutes and, and I was able to get there. But I, I realized after that race, I really need to, uh, upgrade a lot of my equipment. Right. So I went and got a yeah. Garmin watch and then I was like, okay, I need to sell this bike. And so I looked on Craigslist and I found one in Austin, a Cer Cervelo P2. And mm -hmm. that's the bike that I use now. Uh, and I'm 5'11", and my wingspan is 6'3", so I have very long arms. I should have been a professional boxer, you know, because yeah. uh, yeah. I have that long reach. So the 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 cockpit on the on the bike was too small, so I had to upgrade all of that. So I've spent the last year and a half upgrading all of my equipment, my bike. Wow! I got a bike computer. I didn't even have that. I got a new watch. Uh, I mean, tri triathlon suits, wetsuit. I had a wetsuit for the Galveston one, but, uh, and that's what, that's what I'm saying. The financial aspect of this thing, I realized very quickly, I'm like, man, you could spend as, it's, it's just a bottomless pit. I mean, you yeah. could spend as much or as little money as you want in this sport. Yeah. I've, I've often wondered if I knew then what I know now, would I have started this journey? Yeah. From a financial standpoint, like I had no idea how much money I would have. Would, and, and now is it, is it the most money I've ever spent on anything? No. Um, but it, it is one of those things that every time you turn around um, it's, you know, th there's money, there's money associated with it. Uh, you know, if you, if you, you know, the race sign up, I mean, even a seven race sign up. Yes. Yeah. $400 and then you, you know, there's travel cost and hotel and, and all that stuff. I, when I went to Chattanooga and I flew and it, it was probably, I don't know, $2,000 the weekend that I went to Chattanooga for the race mm -hmm. between airfare and hotel and 
all that stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, it's definitely one of those things. So, um, so the Cervelo P2 though, I, I saw something the other day that Cervelo is actually the number, the number one, most common bike brand, uh, on any Ironman yeah. course. So you really like yours? I really like now it. You I got really your new like cockpit it. and everything dialed in. Got, yes, I got the new cockpit. I got all that. I got the speed fill for my water bottle. Um, yeah, I love it. I love it. It's right there. And uh, and I'll talk about a little bit about uh, about that. Uh, I met some guys over there and uh, at uh, at at uh, Gold's Gym that had the M dot tattoos. And so uh-huh. uh, I want to talk about them a little bit there. But I, I buy a lot of my stuff from them. They have uh, one guy was moving. His name's Wes, a uh, really good guy. Mm-hmm. He's helped me on my journey. He's done four Ironmans. And uh, I asked him, hey, Wes, you have a, a trainer you want to sell? And he's like, let me get back to you. And I'm like, all right. So <laughs> a couple months later, he got back to me and, and I bought a, I bought a trainer. It's a Sari Cyclops H2 trainer. I bought it for an amazing deal. I did not buy it new, so I do have that. Uh, okay. I bought it for 300 bucks, man. It was amazing. Nice. So I have nice. that. Uh, so I've been able to just, you know, man, God has just been so good to me. Just like putting putting these people in front of me and 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 helping me out. And and I buy some stuff on eBay and things of that sort. And so it's been it's been so much fun, man. It's been it's been so much fun trying to uh, learn from these guys and buy some of their used equipment because. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, that, that same trainer would have been 12, 1300 bucks and that just wasn't in the budget. And I was able to get an amazing yeah. deal on it. And so there's deals out there. You just got to find them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, uh, I definitely agree with that. There's definitely things out there that, um, that you can find used and you can find good, good used equipment. Uh, if you look around and you, and you, and you, uh, finding the making contacts within the, the, uh, sport or the community mm-hmm. is definitely very helpful definitely very uh, helpful as well. Absolutely. Well, hey, let me ask you this. Um, what is the easiest way other than you sending me the PDF copy, which I appreciate, but mm-hmm. what is the second most easiest way uh, to get a copy of the money funnel system? Like what would the, how would the, how would the listener get a copy of it? Yeah. So you can uh, search where any great books are sold, you know, books a million, uh, Walmart target. Uh, there's a Kindle version as well out there. Uh, Amazon, you can get it on Amazon. Uh, I think I already said Target, but Target, Walmart, uh, uh, Barnes and Noble. Um, I mean, I've, I've even searched on eBay for the book and somebody's selling a used copy of our book. I sometimes I want to just buy it. Like, why are you selling a used <laughs> copy of the book? I mean, and they're selling it for more than what you can buy it on for, for buy it online. I'm just like, how does this make it? That- that's uh, funny. Well, that's that's how they're going to fund their expenses account. Uh, exactly right. They're going to buy. They're going to buy your book and slightly mark it up and then resell it. Yeah, they're going to buy it and then resell <laughs> it. Maybe they're selling an autographed <laughs> copy. I don't even know. But uh, but yeah, you can go. <laughs> you can go online and buy them anywhere there. Uh, and I want to say for this podcast, uh, and I know you have an international uh, following, but I do. Whoever sends us an email. Not you, Mike, because you already got a free book, and I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna give one to you. But any of your listeners, all they have to do is send an email to themoneyfunnelsystem at gmail.com. The first okay. person that just sends an email saying, "Hey, I listened to the podcast," we'll send you a book. 
I'll send you a book. Oh, nice. Just for free. We'll sign it and, uh, and we'll send it to you for free. Uh, and we give books away all the time for free. Now, um, we, um, we didn't write the book. We put, we, we felt like we didn't want to go with the publishing company because we didn't want to be held to a sales goal. And so do we look at our sales? No. Do we care about our sales? No, we really don't. But if somebody buys a book, well, great. That's, that's awesome. And we love that. And, uh, and we got our, we got our royalty today and we did, we do sell books. I mean, we, and we get an email and things of that sort, but we don't really pay attention to it, to be honest. And so we didn't write it for that reason, but yeah, any of in listeners, the first person that sends an email to the money funnel system at gmail.com, We'll sign a book and send it to you, and I'll just need to get your address, and we'll ship it on over. International, I don't know how to do that, so I don't know how, how, how we would get a book to somebody in England or France or wherever your listeners are at. But It, it, it can be done. It's a little trickier. I've done it. I've, I've actually shipped internationally before. Well, man, you, you've been a lot of fun uh, hanging out with. You've been a lot of fun talking triathlon. Uh, obviously, the connection that we had with Nathan was super cool, and then, of course, uh, talking about your book, but it's hard to imagine that, uh, our time has come to the end. Do you, um, and you've shared so much, uh, already, but do you have any, any last, uh, words of wisdom or encouragement that you want to yeah. leave uh, the listener with? Well, I do want to say this story because really throughout this whole journey and losing my job and things of that sort and, and doing triathlons, I mean, God has been with me through this whole journey. And, uh, when I when I, I told you, like I said, when we signed up and I did the 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 race, the Galveston race, April eleventh of uh, twenty twenty one, right? My bid number was twenty fifteen, which is the reason why I signed up for the race was because I lost my job in twenty fifteen, and it just so happens that my bid number was twenty fifteen, and when I got my bid number, I didn't even notice. My wife was like, "Did you see what your bid number was?" And I'm like, "No," I was like, and then she's like, "It's twenty fifteen." So when I when friends and people ask me, uh, what were you thinking about in the race? That's what I was thinking about. I was thinking about gotcha. that day, six years to the date before, when I didn't know how I was going to get my next paycheck. I was thinking about, okay, I don't know. I'm putting myself through this crazy race, right? I don't like. I, it was it was a it was a challenge that day, and it was a challenge six years to the day before that. So. God has really been with me through this whole thing. He's been amazing. And, uh, and so uh, I got to give shout out to him for that. Uh, awesome. Encouragement, other than organizing your finances, I, uh, I just encourage people to just uh, reach out to people that have done it before. I mean, I, like I said, my buddy Wes, uh, he's been amazing to me. He's been helping me out. He's done four Ironmans. My buddy Eric has done four half Ironmans and he's done, I'm sorry, he's done 12 half Ironmans and four fulls. And he actually uh, is doing, or he did the 70 point, he did the 70.3 in uh, St. George, Utah. So I saw him at the gym and I saw his MDOT tattoo and I went and started picking his brain and his name's Eric and, and he's become a good friend. So reach out to people that have done it before. And those of you who have done a lot of races, share your knowledge with people because people like me, as much as I would love to have a coach and things of that sort, like I pick, I, I go off of, uh, it's called best practices, right? If you want to learn how to run yeah. a business, go and ask somebody who's done it before, right? So yeah. 
I've, I've been able to do that. And by the way, I haven't told you, but uh, I signed up for the Ironman Texas in April of next year. No way. Yes. I signed up and it just, I just, uh, my brother is a doctor in Houston. Uh, He's an emergency room doctor and he actually volunteers at that. Cool. So he lives in the woods. Is he at the, uh, he's at Memorial Herman. Good for, yeah. So they have the spot, they're the title sponsor. That's cool. Yeah. And so he works at Memorial Herman. He's an ER doc there at Memorial Herman in the woodlands. So it just kind of works out like, well, yeah. I was like, I better, I might as well just sign up for it. I can stay at his place. I'll have access to a kitchen and all that stuff. So, yeah. uh, so I have, so I oh, have the cool. one coming up in six weeks and then I'm shooting for the full one next year. And then I think I want to kind of step back a little bit. Uh, my dad is getting older and, uh, and he's, uh, he's starting to forget little things here and there. And so I, I get, in, I want to do a race for him. And I want him to see me gotcha. cross the line gotcha. before, you know. So, yeah. anyways, it's a, it's an emotional thing for me, but uh, but yeah, I uh, and I'm gonna take them with me to Waco. My parents, my 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 wife's gonna go with the four kids and my parents, and oh, cool. And we're gonna go there, and God willing, take my parents to the other one, and in April of next year. And I'm not looking to get first place. I'm looking to cross the line, and if I get last place, <laughs> so be it, man. I just wanna. I got to ask you, Mike, do you have the MDOT tattoo? I do. I actually, I have the MDOT tattoo that has the Texas flag running Whoa. through it. Yeah, yeah. It's actually, it's actually really, uh, I think it's we should cool. ask your future guests. Mm-hmm. Do you, are you getting the MDOT tattoo? Cause I'm always so curious. Some people get the MDOT tattoo and some don't. I'll start with you, Jaime. Are you going to get the M.Dot tattoo? I am going to get the M.Dot tattoo, God willing. <laughs> and I haven't decided where I'm going to put the M.Dot tattoo yet because yeah. I don't know. Where is yours? Is it on your calf or where is it at? It is. It's, it's on my right calf. It's on your right calf. Yep. Okay. So people can at least see it. I mean, if you put it back here in your back, nobody's uh, ever going to see it. Trust me. And I have chicken. I have chicken legs. So I don't know if I'm going to put it on my calf, man. So it's, it's very, it's, I've told this story before, except for the young man at LA fitness on, uh, Denton tap road in Capel, Texas. It's very recognizable as to what it is. This young man at the LA fitness uh, over the summer asked me why I had a puzzle piece tattoo on the back <laughs> of my leg. <laughs> and I was like, what are you talking about? You're like a puzzle yeah, piece. Uh, it's like a puzzle piece, but yeah, it's the M dot tattoo with the Texas flag in it. Uh, to oh, that's cool. uh, Iron Man, Texas. Yeah. It's super cool. Yeah. So I, I definitely plan on getting it. And, uh, and I'm always curious to see your people's now, now there's a little like unwritten rule. Okay. Are you supposed to get the M dot tattoo? If you only did a 70.3, do you get it? Do you not? Some people don't, some people do. I have not gotten it. I'm going to wait till I do the full one, but I just yeah. don't feel like, I don't know. There's different, you know, thoughts on that. There is, and boy, you talk about uh, stirring some stuff up. There, there are a couple of uh, Facebook groups that I'm a member of that that gets people wound up really it fast. Does. Um, it and does. And I think it's, I think it's, it, it's up to you, in my yeah. mind, right? Uh, some people say you can, uh, you can only get the outline, or you can only fill it in half with color. Right. Or you have to put the distance. I mean, I don't care. Um, because I gotta be honest with you, Jaime, what I have learned and I've, I've, I've I've said this before when I, when I tell my coworkers, Hey, I'm going to do the Ironman race in Chattanooga. 
they don't know the difference between a 70.3 and a 140.6. And you feel like a jerk uh, explaining to them the difference because they don't care. They don't know. Right. And so I think at the end of the day, um, you, you do, you do what, what makes you happy? What makes right? you happy? If it doesn't, yeah. hurt, if it doesn't yeah. hurt anybody else, what what's the harm, right? Yeah, and if you see somebody with that MDOT tattoo, then you can pick their brain, right? Because I would have never exactly. met Eric, or I never would have met. Yeah. I don't know if Wes has it. Wes and I just were talking at the pool while we were swimming one day. But Eric, yeah. I saw his MDOT tattoos, and I was like, "Hey, man, you've done one of those before, man. I really got to pick your brain and stuff like that." Yeah. So when you put it out there, people can see it. Then you know that's an opera. That's a, a that's definitely a, a conversation starter. For sure. For sure. For sure. Oh yeah, definitely. I've had several people ask me about mine and it, and I think it was almost in the context of how did you manage to finish an Ironman? That was like the, that right? was the underlining tip. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't say that to me. Like how, how is this guy? I mean, what in the yeah, exactly. world? You know, this like, guy, like the most unathletic person I've ever seen. How did you manage to do that? Um, that's too funny. Well, we look for, I, you know what? I, I will be looking for you in Waco for sure. I'll definitely have you loaded in my tracker. So I'll know where you are in course, but we'll definitely be cheering you on and tracking you, uh, in Ironman Texas, uh, next April. Yeah. Uh, I will put a link in the show notes to your uh, website. And and right now our uh, website is down. I'm sorry for the listeners. The website is down at the moment, but we're working on getting that thing back up. Uh, but it does come with a free spreadsheet, Mike, uh, that can, that ties into the book and and helps you, uh, track your payments account, which is one of the accounts we talked about. So if anybody wants the spreadsheet, it's free. I will Mm. send it to you. Just send an email, uh, to the money funnel system and I can send it to you. And then that's a whole nother topic. That's a whole nother class for that. I could spend two hours teaching you how that, how that spreadsheet works. And we came up with it for ourselves. So anyways, uh, but yeah. Definitely go to the website. And it's the money funnel system at gmail.com. Gdip, gmail.com. Okay, perfect. Correct. Perfect. All right, Jaime, you have been a lot of fun, and uh, I look forward to uh, seeing you in Waco. Yes, I'll reach out to you, Mike, and I would love to meet you in person. Take some pictures. Absolutely. And give you yeah. a Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely make that happen. You got it. All right, buddy. See you soon. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you have any questions, advice that you would like to share, or would like to be a guest on the show and share your story, you can email everydayironmanpodcast at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to follow on Instagram at everydayironmanpodcast. Until next time, keep moving forward.